Hello and welcome to Conversations with Kath, the podcast that keeps you up to date with the daily antics of your mother, your Alma, your friend, or whatever Kath Vanderhorst is to you. So grab a glass of Harvey Bristol, put the phone on silent, and let's see what's been keeping our favourite 9 year old busy this week. It's a very good evening to Alma Kath. How are you tonight, Alma? I'm very well, thank you, Matt, and how are you and the family? Yeah, I'm good. They're, they're good. It's been quite a while since we've, we've done one of these. So how, how was your Easter? My Easter? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you get a, get a oh, few I visitors? Yeah. I uh, have to look at my diary, Matt. I don't yeah. even remember what I did. <laughs> yeah. Did the Easter Bunny visit you? Uh, Easter Bunny came. Oh, I remember having dinner at Mick. And talk to the kids, you know, when they came yeah. for, for uh, when was Easter? That was a couple of weeks ago now. Probably don't know that much, Mum, to say it was good. Yeah. <laughs> and what about, how's all your um, activities going at the moment? Are they, everything back to normal? Well, uh, yeah, sort of. I'm, I'm still going to the garden centre on every garden Tuesday. Centre. And I'll go in, um, and I'll go with Macwa Wednesdays, yep. we're going out. You know, sometimes we go to pub for a meal or we'll just go and, you know, go for a, a drive. Yeah. Um, well, that's about it. Oh, and once, uh, once a month, I, um, I go to Wargel with the girls and we'll have breakfast at, uh, uh, not Wargel, um, Banyip. Lovely. In so you're still filling, in, still filling in your yeah. days. That's good. Oh, yeah. 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 And did your hearing aids turn up? My hearing aids? Yeah. Do you have them in? Got them in. Great. <laughs> okay. In, enjoying that? Uh, no. No, I oh. don't. Okay. After time, I forget to put them in, and then they whistle. Oh, they're a pain, Matt. Don't, don't grow old. It's not funny. <laughs> oh, I'll try not to. <laughs> um. Oh, well, tonight, we've got Uncle Bob here tonight. So, Uncle Bob, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Matt. That's good. Um, tonight, I thought we'd have a chat about uh, Tainong and the Tainong House. So, about a month ago when I was there visiting for, for Becky's wedding, we went and had uh, a chat to you all, just to catch up, as we try and do every time we, we come down. Um, and just sitting in the lounge room there where you are now, I was just looking around and then, I remembered when I was growing up, a couple of changes were happening. I think that back room was being built um, and a few other things progressed down the line. And we'll chat about all that in a moment. Um, and then, then I sort of started looking back and thinking what, what, what it would have been like before I was born. And when, you know, my mum was growing up and Uncle Bob and Frank and Mick and, and the other boys as well and Jenny, some had moved on before you even got to Tainong, I believe, but... That's what I thought we'd uh, we have to chat about tonight and, and a bit about the, the town as well. So, Bob, what was it like when you, you first arrived? Well, I'd really like to say that, you know, there was a hitching post out the front where we tied up our horse when we got here, but, but it wasn't quite that bad. Having said that, Tainong had no concrete footpaths whatsoever. Every path in this town was gravel. Um, that this, this house, when we first got here, um, there was a red 
wooden phone box with the louvre windows just like yeah the the uh classic london style phone box yeah with the big dome roof and all the the louvre windows and full of spider webs that's the same box uh yeah in the same place yes so that that's where that sat um the our front yard here uh I remember it as a galvanised wire uh, front fence. It's one of those ones with the, the nice, neat turned over top uh, and then it turned back on itself at 45 degrees. So it was, a, it was an upright fence with a little flat spot and then it cut back on itself for strength. But it was a little post, post and wire fence uh, all around the front with a little gate where the path leads up to the front door now. Uh, none of the paths were there, of course. It was all just gravel. There was a little wooden uh, post box up against the wall of the post office itself. Uh, there was no post boxes or anything like that uh, there. In the house itself, um, we had this wonderful little thing called a telephone exchange, which was in the post office area. And it was an old manual exchange where People would call in and little shutters would open and sound a bell. The operator, which was uh, hired help during the day and mostly us kids at night, um, and we would sort of uh, pull a plug out of this board and plug it into a slot coinciding with the little shutter that opened and we would ask the, the uh, patron what number they wanted and if it was a local number, we simply pulled a corresponding plug out of the board and plugged it into somebody else's number, rang them and said, uh, Fred wants to talk to you. And then that was their call. They could talk to each other via our plug system. If it was an over uh, a long distance call, so into a different area code, we would actually dial the number, connect with the person on the other end, and then we would plug them in and say, you know, Fred wants to talk to you, um, here you go. And then we'd time the call and, and they'd get billed appropriately. So that, that was a pleasant little thing in the post office, the, the telephone exchange. Can I just ask a few questions about that? That's very interesting. So yeah. was, was this a 24-hour-a-day service or was there, was there a cut-off Absolutely. time at night time? Where? No, no, it, it was 24 hours a day, which was really good at uh, 3 o'clock in the morning when the town drunks would... Uh, would be very active and, uh, <laughs> you know, they'd, they'd get on the phone and go, oh, I want to talk to Harry. Go, my mother. And you'd be going, who the hell is Harry? And you're drunk. <laughs> yeah. and, but you'd have to answer them because the minute the, the shutter, the minute they, um, their telephones didn't have a dial, they didn't have any numbers on them, they just had a handle that they would, spin around which created a uh, an electrical charge which would come down the telephone line to our exchange and it would open up a line it would drop uh. a shutter and our bells would go and the only way to turn them bells off was to actually answer that that call right. so you, you had to answer it we we got creative in the end and we had matchsticks poked into the shutters to lock them shut so they couldn't open. So if, if we knew that uh, one of the local teenagers was you know, fairly sourced up, 
you'd get sick of him calling, so you'd lock his shutter shut, which <laughs> yeah, you weren't supposed to do. And heaven forbid if there was a, a house fire or something at his house, <laughs> we would have been in a lot of trouble. But you know, we've got to get some sleep too. Um, so yeah, that that was that was fairly interesting. It was a twenty four hour job, and and that was one of the things that most attracted mum and dad to this property was that uh, that twenty four hour uh, service because of course you got paid whether someone rang or not. So it was a uh, ah. for the day it was quite a lucrative little business to to pick up. Yeah, right. And what about was could you have multiple calls coming in at once? So you've, oh, you've connected. Absolutely. So as a teenager myself and going to the Warrigal Tech School, I would have my friends would ring my ring the exchange as a, a long distance call. But because because there was no monitoring, they could ring the exchange for free. I could then cross connect them and ring a long distance back out to our other friends in Warrigal or Dar or Druin or or uh, Yarrigan, and we could have, like, party calls over a long-distance line and literally tie up the entire Tynog Exchange <laughs> having free calls to my friends at school. So, yeah, you, you could have quite a few calls going at one time. I think from memory there was about six outgoing lines. So for, for a little place like this, you know, six outgoing calls at any one time was was probably the limit. So it's like the big, would, it's like the Skype call of its day where you had six or six I, people at once. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It was it was great, just without the video feed. So Omar, a lot a lot of long nights then. Did you plonk the kids on night shift so you could have a, a nice night's sleep or did you have to do that yourself? Well no <clears throat> well the kids as a rule did it. You know, Peter and Bob and <laughs> I think even Frank at one stage. Yes, Frank had it. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. And yeah. your mother, of course. Yeah. No, I never, I hardly ever did it. Oh, right. Anyone who slept in that back bedroom was on night duty. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> so we would hear the bell going, and if one of us didn't get up to answer the, the exchange, none of us got any sleep. So, yeah, it wasn't even draw straws. It was a case of, ah, oh, Jesus, I'm sick of that bell, and you just get out of bed and go and answer it. <laughs> but it only lasted for about, um, I think, was it six months, Bob? No, no, it was longer than that. It was a couple of years. No, 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 the exchange. Yeah, the exchange was here a couple of years. Oh, okay. I yeah. can't remember that. Yeah. yeah. And the, and the so, fence, I, I never knew you had a front fence there, Robert. Uh Yeah, well... The front fence, whilst I say it was a galvanised fence, I've just uh, seen a photo from the original, um, uh, well, what's this? The the real estate agent that sold the post office and there's actually a white wooden rail fence in the photo. Right. But I, I think it was a very old photo at that time uh, because we, we actually had these galvanised uh, fence panels and, and they came in sections about about eight foot long you know 2.4 meters long um, with a post in between so I remember we had them kicking around the backyard for, for ages I think yeah. they were in the veggie garden at one stage so 
So you, they obviously you got rid of that fence for for some reason, and you just decided not to put one back up. Yeah, it was it was a pain in the ass. I went from, um, Frank and I used to you know, jump the fence, pole vault the fence, all that sort of stuff. And and I'm sure Frank come a cropper a couple of times going over the fence. Um, but I think from memory, the fence disappeared. That the septic was playing up, and all the septic trenches went into the front lawn. And um, we redid all the trenches, and of course the fence. I think the fence went then, and we just decided not to put it back, and just sort of kept it mowed. Uh, and not long after that, I think the footpaths, the, the shire started putting the concrete footpaths in through the town. So um, that was probably around the similar time that the fence disappeared. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. So we're in the post office with the exchange. So. For uh, for those who have been here, and, and I guess the, the people that listen from Holland don't know this, but where the the laundry sort of finishes, so we've got the we've got this new bit of a, a room that you can walk out of this back lounge room into a into like an out room, and then you walk into the laundry, which is where the, the new shower is. So. The original house finished flush with that laundry wall. So only half this back room existed, but it was in itself a veranda. So the glass sliding door at the kitchen was the back of the house. Mm. So all this veranda had been closed in. The back wall level with the old laundry was a, a wall with louver windows all the way along it. So all these lovely little louver windows so they're about uh, I don't know six to eight inches uh, high and I think they were the old measurement of three foot long and and you pull the handle down and they all sort of opened out to give you that louver effect um, outside where the kitchen window is there was a petitioned off section and it was it was sort of a sunroom and it had old that green fiberglass sheeting on the roof. Well, when we first moved here, that was uh, Frank and my bedroom. And we had a, a double bunk. And uh, I being younger than Frank, I had the top bunk. So I slept with my face about oh, 14 inches off underneath this fiberglass roof. And that stopped being our bedroom one winter's uh, evening when the hailstones smashed through the fiberglass roof and saturated me and Frank underneath, uh, at which time uh, mum and dad decided that uh, Frank, Johnny and I would all be in that back bedroom because uh, <laughs> originally Peter and Johnny were in there and then I, from memory, Peter moved out and Frank and I, our double bed got moved in there. <laughs> our double bunks got moved in there because the back room where we were sleeping became unserviceable. <laughs> um, the pantry that's just off the kitchen, that was a bathroom. Mm. So the laundry that had the original shower that some of you might remember, we actually put that shower in the laundry and that became the laundry slash bathroom uh, and the 
the original bathroom off the kitchen became a, a pantry because with uh, originally seven kids and by the time we come here, I think Jenny was already gone, Wilma was here off and on. So there was sort of five to six of us here uh, originally. So we needed a, a quite a big pantry for the, for the food. Um, so that's why the bathroom got converted to a pantry. Um, the rest of this back room, we had, um, just trying to think where the, oh, the, the laundry, the laundry had a, what we call a chip heater. So it was a, a hot water service that you had a fire underneath it and you lit it up with kindling and then we threw briquettes in there, cold briquettes to, uh, to boil our water and that serviced the house for hot water. So that was, that was always fun. Um, where this back room is about where I suppose almost chair is, there was an ax, there was a septic tank that came up out of the ground by about oh, two feet, I suppose, a, a big, big concrete septic tank. Um, the toilet was almost where it is now, but we, we extended and double sized the room and then moved the toilet down. So the toilet was where the, the hand basin is. And, and that's all that was there. It was just a little, little closet toilet room. So we doubled the size of that. And, and then later on, we, we put the bidet and, and everything in there as well. Um, the back room was always, the, the back bedroom was always the way it was. So it, it jutted out from the back of the house. So it was, a, it was, it was an added on room before we got here, but it was, it was a, a whole room outside the line of the house, whereas now the back room is in the same line as that back bedroom. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, it was very different than it is now. The, the sheds up the back, so where the big carport is, that was actually a closed-in shed um, with, with sides all around it and some big doors at the back. Completely gravel, no concrete whatsoever. Um, Alpers Workshop, which is the, the shed sort of next to that, um, that was gravel uh, and was actually Peter's garage. That's where Peter's car parked. Yeah. Um, Alpers <laughs> was always, always gone in the railways, so he didn't have somewhere to park his car. It was really just parked at the back of the caravan behind it, ready to go again. So Peter had that. Uh, and... For a while there, he, he had a train set, this huge train set set up on on a big board with pulleys that got winched up to the roof. And so that was that lived above his car. Um, the, the, the big shed right up the back, which we always called the caravan shed, um, that didn't exist. That, that was put up or we put that up um, not long after we got here. Uh, the backyard, there was no fruit trees. There was nothing in the backyard. It was just virtually lawn, which was really good because Frank and I used to drag the 64 trailer right up to the back fence and then we'd, we'd use one of the old railway trolleys and we'd put that through the, through the A-frame of the trailer and to actually ride down the lawn, we would just pull back on the trolley, which lifted the drawbar, and then we'd just go flying down towards the shed and when we got to a certain point, we go, well, let's see if we can stop this thing before we hit the shed. And you'd let go of the trolley and I think it'd drive into the ground and you know, we'd 
usually end up off onto the grass yourself. Um, so that was a bit of fun. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's sort of a bit of a picture of the way the place looked when we, we first got here. Well, with that, um, that heater in the, in the new room you're in at the moment, who did the, the, the masonry work for that? Do you remember? Oh, I can't really remember. Is it? Can you remember? Yeah, I, yeah, I it's remember. Quite, it's quite a good job. It's a nice feature. He lived. He lived out on um, on Tonnenbach Road. Uh, he wasn't a friend of the family had, or anything. Well, no, not really. He he had a shop in um, in Pakenham, and he. Oh, geez, I just I just can't remember his name. Um, he wasn't really a, mem- a, a family member or a friend of the family. He was just someone who had a shop and, and um, yeah, we, we basically engaged him. He did the tiles on the floor and yeah. the, the, uh, the fake masonry background. And what about that room you're in now? Did, was that outsourced, the build of that, or did you guys or did Opa do that and, and you boys help as well? Or? Um, so at some point, I'm not sure exactly when it happened, but uh, a, a sort of very old friend of the family, um, uh, Joe Omline, he, um, he was a builder. So at some point, Dad uh, uh, organised with him to sort of come and build it. And yeah, quite a few of us were involved in it. Um, yeah, I can't even remember how long it took. Really, it's it was pretty quick. Yeah, um, John and his son. Yeah, John, John and his son. Yeah. Oh, so it was John and Joe. Joe, who was his son? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, John and Joe Omlan. Um, Dad sort of helped a, a bit, but he he was in the railway, so he was sort of away. Um, I'm I'm not even sure who put the roof on. I think they put the roof on as well, even though I was I was a plumbing apprentice then. I think they put the roof on. Uh, I did the gutters. I ran all the new water for the for the toilet and everything. Um, but I think they did the roof as part of the the whole thing, and I, I probably gave my hand. So because that, that that roof's a lot, um, well, the ceiling's a lot higher than the other rooms of the house, isn't it? That's <clears throat> yeah. So basically, what actually happened is. Where the, where the ceiling level of the kitchen is, a false wall was built to raise the roof line mm. so that the, the peak of the original house then came down in one straight grade to the gutter of the new extension. Uh, so, okay. so there's about a, I'd say, oh, maybe a metre, maybe 900 to a metre, Sitting yeah. on top of the old wall as a false wall. Mm, okay. And um, that, the, so the, the front of the house, Alma, was the bedroom you're in now, was that always your bedroom? Oh, in the front, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that, that little room, the happy hour room where you and Opie used to sit, was that always like a sitting room or was it used as a bedroom prior to that? Uh, so, so the front lounge room, mm. that that was the only lounge room, right? Okay. So originally, because this back room didn't exist, it was just a closed-in veranda. So it had 
no insulation. You know, it was a freezing cold sort of area. And you almost, I, th- I think the original concept of the house is you, you walked out the back of the house and walked into the back of the post office. So the post office was, was actually separated off the house, even though it's under the one roof line. You actually walked out the back of the house and ah. into the back of the post office. Okay. And then and then it got veranded in so that you didn't have to go out in the rain to go to the post office. Yes, okay. That makes sense. Mm. So, um, yeah. And then obviously that Alpers office or study, that got converted to a study after... What, yeah, so that, left, that was originally a bedroom. That, yeah. that was... Uh, I think when we first came here, that was Wilma's room. Oh, right, okay. Um, and actually, where was Mick? Or was it Mick's room? Oh, I think it was Mick. Yeah. Might have been Mick's yeah. room. Maybe maybe Wilma had already, was already yeah. staying elsewhere. Yeah. Um, right. And Mick's room. But that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because why would all the rest of us boys be in the one back bedroom and Mick have a bedroom by himself. Like <laughs> he was the youngest. He would have been out in the shed, surely. <laughs> surely we would have fought him for that room. <laughs> which, which, which makes me think possibly it was Wilma's room, Wilma being then the only other female in the house apart from, from mum. Um, yeah. I would have thought she would have a room of her own. And the rest of us heathen boys would have been in the one room out the back. Yeah, but I think Bill had already left. Yeah, well, she yeah. was still here doing the post office. So yeah, I, yeah. I think she was staying here some nights. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And what about the veggie patch? Was that something that did you guys grow a lot of vegetables at that place, Alma, or was that something Alma did when he retired from the railways? Opa used to um, have a veggie patch, yeah. So, so the veggie garden, um, right, almost from the day we got here, um, the veggie patch was put in because with so many boys to feed, um, it was quite essential to have a, a decent veggie garden. Um, and a chook pen. And, and a chook pen. So, yeah, the, the veggie garden sort of came along quite early in the piece. Um, and, and I can remember, you know, the, the old dog, uh, Slotch, used to uh, frequent the veggie garden and pick the carrots himself and eat those. He was quite, quite fond of carrots. Yeah. And, and then he'd get a wooden shoe thrown at him by, by Opa. Something <laughs> lines of bloody dog, foot for Doma, dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Because you went through a few dogs, didn't you? I remember, I don't remember oh. any of them, but I, I remember Rex. Mum spoke about a dog called Rex. Obviously, I know Coco. Um, um, yeah, so Rex was my Lodge. dog. Um, oh, your dog. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so you know, before we came to to Tainong, um, I, I remember you know we had a dog Blackie in in Glen Rowan, and then we had a dog Sandy, which was a, a golden Labrador. And then we we inherited Slotch, so that was Jenny and Russell's dog, um, and they I, I think they moved into a caravan park at some stage and and couldn't have the dog, so he came here. Um, 
then after Sandy and, and sort of Slyche went, I I picked up a dog, another German Shepherd. So um, Slyche was a German Shepherd. Um, I picked up a dog, Rex. He was a German Shepherd. We got him from the pound. And he wasn't a bad, terribly bad dog, but um, one of our stupid neighbours tied up a, a sheep on a rope um, to our back gate. And, of course, <laughs> yeah, the, the sheep got distressed and the dog went, hmm, um, free lunch. Um, so, of course, the, the, the stupid neighbour then called the police and said that our dog had attacked his sheep and killed it, so the cops come and shot my dog. Hence, you know, one of the reasons I just hate cops because they're idiots. Uh, and neighbours are idiots too, which is why I live in the bush. Uh, so that was, mm-hmm. that was the end of Rex. Uh, I then got another dog, another shepherd, which his name was Bo. Um, and and he, he was a really good shepherd. Um, and he lived with, with us for quite a while. And um, basically, I, when I joined the army, um, I couldn't take the dog with me. So he came and lived the rest of his life here at, here at Mum and Dad's, Auckland Normals. So, but, but he, was a, he was a really nice, yeah. nice gentle so, German shepherd. Um, yeah. yeah. And then and after then that, Coco. Coco, yeah. Okay. And the chickens, I didn't realise you'd always had chickens there, Oma. Oh, we did, Matt. We always had um, a few chickens, yeah. And the pen was in the same spot where it's always been? And the it's still in the same spot. I think it was um, my brother-in-law, Tante Dini's husband, that built the chook pen oh, when right. they came at one stage. Yeah, yeah, okay. of course. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Remember, cool. Yeah, and oh, mate, I remember. Yeah, yeah. The glasses and I remember. Yeah, cool. I remember seeing some yeah, photos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What What about Tainan itself? You, so obviously, the Bob mentioned no footpaths. Um, the main street well, did it extend as long as it did all the way down Railway Avenue? Was it? Um. Well, yeah, it did. Now we we had bitumen, but only to uh, the corner where the bus stop is. So ah. originally the fire station was on the corner. You, you'd probably remember that. I think that yep. was there when you were getting the bus. But after the fire station, it was basically dirt. Um, <laughs> that got bitumened you know, quite some time after we, we were here. Um, going back the other way, the, the surprising thing to, to some of you guys will be that we had two viable shops uh, here in Tainong when we moved in. Um, and that was the, the shop at the very corner of Railway Avenue that looks like an old petrol station. Well, it, it did have a petrol bowser. They sold petrol, but it also had uh, quite a viable little, little shop going in there. And um, I think it was owned and run by uh, a guy by the name of Farquhar. Yeah, and then um, Sewells. And then, and it was then bought out by Sewells, who ran it into the ground and closed it up. And then it got sold again to the Tollies, which uh, I ended up marrying one of. So that's where mm-hmm. Tina's parents uh, uh, bought that shop. Um, the other shop, of course, is, is the one that's quite close to Alma here. So when we first got here, that was a, a, a great viable shop. The, the shed next to it was running 
stock feed store out of there yeah. and and it was busy. It was open seven days a week and you, know, you, you couldn't park out in front of it. It was busy all the time. And, and it had a petrol bowser out the front as well. Right. And, yeah it, it, yeah, it was a great little shop. It changed owners, I think, three times. So I think it was uh, Broughton's had it when we first got here. Mm. And then uh, Leighton, I think, oh, bought yeah. it. Leighton's bought yeah. it. They, they didn't stay long. And then they sold it off to Clive, which most of you would probably remember Clive. Clive had it, he had it for 100 years. So he, he, he wasn't always a grumpy old bastard. He was, oh, actually, right. okay. he was actually quite a sprite young guy when he bought it. And uh, we all turned him grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, looking, I, back, looking back, I understand why he would have been grumpy with us is because we'd come in with our 50 cents and spend 10, 15 minutes picking out 30 different lollies and he just had to sit there and wait for us. And yeah, so now I understand. Yeah, yeah so so prior to that, yeah, he, he was quite a pleasant fellow. <laughs> we just all drove him nuts. Um, and look, you you guys weren't the only ones. Uh, Frank yeah. and I, when we first got here, we were just as bad too. So <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can understand that as well. So Clive then had it for for many many years, and then he sold it off to. To the current owner who just, I don't even think he ran it to the ground. He just let it fall to the ground. <laughs> I don't think he actually ran anything. <laughs> and, and now it's, it's not even a shop. It's just a, it's just a mess. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, when, when Alma decided to sell the post office side of things here, uh, it then moved over to the shop and that probably kept that shop going longer than it should have so yeah. um, so can you still what, what can you still buy there Robert? is it still can you still get your milk and your newspaper from there uh, or is it look I, I, I'm from what I know like I don't go in there um, I, I just wouldn't bother going in there but what I believe is you can still buy your milk there albeit that it's probably almost out of date when you buy it um, <laughs> you can still buy some very out of date uh, tin food um, and that's about all. You can buy some attitude out of there, I suppose. On the paper. Oh, on the paper. And, yeah, and that, that's about it. Yeah, yeah right. He's not the shop people. He, uh, no, it doesn't, doesn't yeah. sound like it. He's no client, no. that's for sure. No, Absolutely. Yeah. Clive was a good shop people. Uh, yeah. A, a, a grumpy Clive on his worst day was 10 times the shopkeeper as this bloke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, there was no school there then. And um, no. All those houses are going up now, and the, the race courses out there. So, from the sleepy yeah, little so, town it was, it's still yeah. probably sleepy. But I'm thinking, yeah, there's probably not a lot of the people realise that the race course is there. Um, no. But the school, where the school was, there was a schoolyard. But the school had long been closed down when we got there. Um, but it wasn't wasn't all the way down to the railway line like it is now. It was just like a little little one room schoolhouse. Oh yes, size block. So so that's all that was there. It was just a little just a little block of land that used to have 
a one-room school. Yep. So uh, over the road on the on the Garfield Road, I think it's called. What, what's that road called? Garfield Road? Oh, I, I think it's Garfield Road. Yeah. Over no, the other side Long of the road. road. Yeah. Long, oh, Long Warrior Road, yes. Yeah. Um, there's, there's remnants of an old butcher shop over there. Well, oh, when yeah. we first came here, you know, that was still looked like a butcher shop. And I, I'd say it not long closed down before we got here. And there was an ANZ bank. And, and there was an ANZ bank over there as well, which had yeah. only just recently closed when we got here. Yeah. So this, this apart from a pub, this was a viable town. Yeah. And, and, and then something happened and we moved in. The railway station, they... Um, they had quite people working there at the railways. Yeah, it it had they had night shifts as well. Yeah, and it had a siding and a, and a um, a goods shed, so the the, the goods train would come in and things would get dropped here. Yeah, um, yeah. It, the the place was actually a a viable booming town before we got here. And you had the um, well, you still got the Tynong Hall on it, so. Bob, do you remember growing up there was because I always remember seeing the New Year's Eve dances or something like this or country balls or something like that. Was, was that going on back when you were a kid? Uh yeah, yeah, there was um I'm not sure it was weekly, but there was definitely monthly um dances and, and balls and things going on there. Yeah. Plus yeah. there was also uh badminton. There was oh, yeah. Tainong had a badminton club. Yeah. Um and there your was... mother was a member. Yeah, I was probably saying. Yeah. yeah. And there was a, a card, some sort of a card club. Now, I could be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure it was in the hall when we first came here. And then it sort of moved off and, you know, went to the Riley's place and, and a few other of the locals. But I'm pretty sure there was some sort of a card sort of club going on at the hall as well in yeah, the really. early days. So the hall was actually you know, very well used, yeah, um, yeah. hence why it ended up with the nice brick toilet. Um, whilst it looks like it was just put there to hold the hall up, um, <laughs> it, it was it was not. Um, and, and actually, I, I was apprentice at the time, but I did most of the plumbing for all that new brick toilet that was at at the hall, so I was working for Kevin Norrie, who who picked up the job to, to do all the plumbing for the new toilet. And prior to that, it was a a can service out the back. So <laughs> the tiny hall did not have any septic then. So we, we put all that in. Good work, Bob. Yeah. Hmm. Bring your time to the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And is it still uh, quite a, a busy sort of event space Alma, the Tainong Hall, is there always something going on there at the moment? Oh, yes, there was, Matt. They, were, they had their meetings there. Their progress meetings were held there and, you know, whatever. Yeah. What about today? Is it still, uh, is it still going on or not No, so now it's going to the fire brigade shit. That's where right. they have all their so, yeah. So the hall's become a bit of a ghost. And, and a ghost there was an, um, a childcare centre built. 
that's right. Yeah. Behind uh, behind the hall, there's a little yeah. big building. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, childcare. Uh, Where the playground is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So. Is it still being used today, or? I don't think it's being used. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I that's think a nice it's still it's still used. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's come a long way, the old time. Yeah. I know, yeah. We had yeah. The, the quarry was there. Oh, yes, the quarry, yeah. yeah. It's used so not a lot of people it. might, not a lot of people uh, might remember that the quarry was up there. I mean, I remember stories of the local kids, obviously we lived in Garfield, so we'd, we'd get picked up and going, but some of the kids I used to go to school with who lived in Tynal would tell stories about going up to the quarry in the summer and, and jumping in there. The pits and yeah, is that something you used to do too, Bob? Ah, oh, absolutely. And um, I'll just tell uh, Mum to close her ears for a minute. So we would actually, because uh, we're at the Warrigal Tech School, so there was certain classes that we weren't terribly fond of, and they were late in the day. So we would uh, basically, you know, nick off and wag school from lunchtime. We'd, <laughs> we would hitch, we would hitchhike home. But we couldn't oh, yeah. come home because we'd get our ass kicked. So we'd go to the Tynon Quarry. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, and most of us did it. Um, and we'd go and spend the afternoon at the quarry. And back then, it, it was a beautiful swimming hole. It didn't have all the, all the, the weeds and things growing in it. It was, it was quite a nice swimming hole. Yeah. And there was a couple of features of the place. There was uh, what we called matchbox, which was a a little outcrop of rock that just looked like a matchbox sitting against the sheet wall of rock. So you'd sort of climb down the, the little cliff face onto the matchbox and then you'd, you'd you know, do your bombs and things off that. Um, at the sort of back of the quarry, there was this rock formation that, that, that was two round rocks coming together and forming a crevice. So we, we, uh, we named that Bum Rock. That was uh, <laughs> this looked like a backside. Um, so yeah, Tynan Quarry was, was quite a well used swimming hole, uh, when, yeah, wow. when we were sort of growing up. It was a great, great place. Jeez, um, what did uh, what, it had everything time, didn't it? Well, well, it sort of did, uh, yeah. particularly for kids. Like, you know, we we had all sorts of fun here, you know, just cruising around, going to the quarry, going into the rail yard, um. Yeah, we could ride our bikes to Garfield, yeah. ride our bikes to Narnagoon. Like nothing was terribly far away. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'd we'd sort of ride out to Tynong North even. Um, yeah. there was no there was no bitumen road between Tynong and the highway. That was all dirt when we came here. Um Tribusy's bitumen that. Um yeah, it was there was plenty going on. And just back on the quarry, I mean, a lot of people don't realise that the the rock out of Tynon Quarry is what built the Melbourne Shrine. So that that huh. rusty granite look of the Melbourne Shrine, that all yeah. came out of the, the quarry here in Tynon. And I I'm, can't remember how long, I'm thinking 20-odd years ago when they had to do some renovation works to the, the shrine, they actually briefly reopened the Tynon Quarry to get some more of that rusty granite out for the renovation works at the shrine. Huh. 
Did not so, know that. Wow. So Melbourne Shrine is uh, Tainong Rock. Thanks for Tainong. Huh. There you go. That's been a, um, yeah, a great little insight to, to the house and, and the town you guys well, grew up in. We might um, jump into the mailbag now. And I want tonight's question actually comes from me. So I was thinking um, before this episode what we're going to be talking about. And when you had the post office or not, was there obviously everyone had a their own little PO box in, inside the post office, but did you ever had to do a mail run or a mail delivery out to the people? who weren't inside the actual town? No. Yeah, yes. there was never a mail run. Yeah, and, I, oh, yeah no, there was, because um, what's-her-name McMillan originally used to do the mail oh, run. Yeah, but that went out to Tynham North, not yeah. inside Tynham. No, it's okay. So the, 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 the residents of Tynham all got given a box, but anybody outside of Tynham, you guys took the mail out too. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So... The residents of Tainong, they could either come to the post office and pick up their mail so they would come inside yeah. and, and those who didn't want to could uh, purchase an annual subscription for a box. Uh, so, so the boxes weren't free. Uh, yeah. If you, oh, yeah, if you yeah. chose to, to pay a subscription, then you got your mail put in a box. Um, and that was more for people who, who were working and couldn't get in during office hours. They, yeah. they would then go and, and pay for a mailbox so they could come after hours. Um, so the the town limits, I, I can't remember exactly where they were, but the the mail delivery service, um, that went out into the swamp, plus it went Tainong North and all the way um, up the highway to Fogarty Road. So yeah. there was a run up Fogarty Road and it went all all out Tynong North, Mill Valley Ranch, and sort of came back in. I think from memory it went as far uh, east as Minton Road. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it did all the the outlying areas right around Tynong, so northeast, west and south. Uh, it was covered by mail delivery, but the actual township itself, uh, I think the delivery started at about – about the corner where Janssen's is. So I think Janssen's had to come for their mail, but everyone going up the hill towards the highway was then considered to be out of of town and they got their mail delivered. Right. And that was, you said McMillan did that. So you guys didn't didn't want to do that or they were already doing it? Um, That that was an outsourced um, Australia Post or... Might have even been a PMG then still, um, but that was an outsourced contractor service yeah. that we didn't really have a say in. So it wasn't wasn't part of the postal uh, of the Tynong post office duties. It, it was an outsourced contractor by the postal service, whether it was Australia Post or PMG. Uh, I can't really remember what it was called back then. Yeah, right. Huh, there you go. It's some new information as well. I didn't know that. So thanks for yeah. filling me in. Yeah. All righty. I think that just about wraps it up for this week. Bob, 
Thanks for uh, coming on and sharing all that. You're probably the, the, the best man for the, to talk to about this one, it sounds like. So. That's right. That was That's right, Matt. Yeah, all right. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Matt. It was nice talking to you. You too. Say hello to the girls and the little fella. Yes, I'll, I'll pass it on. Actually, Eloise, when I told her we're coming back on tonight, she wanted to come on. So I'll have to tee up a time on a different night or something to have, to have a chat with you. Oh, she'd love, love yeah, to get on. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks very much for listening to Conversations with Cass for this week and have a great week.